Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato from MediaMonarchy.com. I have determined that it's necessary to continue the national emergency. We've got that story. Plus, world wars always seem to start with false flags. But first, economist at World Government Summit says new financial world order about to shift in dramatic new direction. We grabbed this article from Leo Homan. The World Government Summit. Literally, that's what it's called. James, you and I were just now joking. I had to finally look up. I'd seen this in the headline, World Government Summit. I was like, oh, okay, what's this thing actually called? WorldGovernmentSummit.org. It was in Dubai, and I guess they all can't stop saying the quiet part out loud. Dr. Pippa Malmgren, a top American economist who served as a special advisor to former President George W. Bush, that's Bushy Jr., made a statement that confirms everything we've been reporting for quite some time, that a cashless society is looming right around the corner. And what we're seeing in the world today, I think, is we are on the brink of a dramatic change where we are about to, and I'll say this boldly, we're about to abandon the traditional system of money and accounting and introduce a new one. And the new one, the new accounting, is what we call blockchain. It means digital. It means having a almost perfect record of every single transaction that happens in the economy, which will give us far greater clarity over what's going on. So who is Pippa Malmgren? Her website won't load for me for what it's worth, by the way. I'm not sure if it's sometimes the browser or sometimes the VPNs or possibly they're burying her website because people are finding out who she is. A globalist, an elitist. Her pops, Harold Malmgren, was a senior advisor to presidents JFK, Tricky Dick, LBJ, and Gerald Ford. That's Cokes and Pepsis. Pippa has also advised presidents and prime ministers all around the world. And guess what her favorite topic has been over the last couple of years? The upside of COVID. Like Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum, she sees COVID as an opportunity to transform the world. The new money system Malmgren talks about with such enthusiasm will not only be digital, it'll be centralized and programmable. As we've talked about the Bitcoin PSYOP now for several years, don't confuse this with Bitcoin or other actual cryptocurrencies. The only thing it'll share in common with other crypto is that it will be based on blockchain technology. So what do they mean by programmable money? This means that central banks will have complete control over your money and can program it so that it can only be spent on certain things in certain places. For example, did you buy too much guns and ammo last month? Or any at all? Maybe you indulged in too much frivolous travel and blew through too much gasoline. The government could easily have your money reprogrammed to limit future purchases of such taboo items. Remember, quite possibly the greatest work of the ACLU, ordering pizza in the future. The possibilities are endless, and who knows what other things they'll bring up. Have, have you done your part, and have you gotten vaccinated? Do you stand with the current thing, James? Let, let me check my, uh, my Insta feed and come yeah. up with a solution to that <laughs> one. Yeah, okay. Uh, as you say, World Government Summit. They're not, they're not exactly subtle about it. And people um, might remember from a few years ago when I covered it on Propaganda Watch on Han Solo Pimp's World Government. Yes, Harrison Ford himself uh, giving this opening, one of the opening speeches at the World Government Summit 2019 edition. Here we are in 2022 and the stakes continue to be raised. So I am going to invite people with a strong stomach to plug their nose and head on over to GooTube and watch 
the live stream of not just this little two-minute clip of, uh, of Pippa speaking here, but the entire live stream of day one, if you can handle it, of this uh, World Government Summit. It's a seven-hour video. I made it two hours before I needed a break, uh, a nausea break. Um, but uh, at the very least, watch the first half hour, the, the panel from which this little clip comes. It is instructive in a number of ways. So it starts with... CNN, Mockingbird, Repeater, Stooge, and who would have thought it? Davos attendee, Becky Anderson, asking His Excellency Dr. Anwar bin Mohammed Gargash. Are you ready for a new world order? And uh, then we're treated to Frederick Kemp of the Atlantic Council waxing eloquent on his mentor, Henry Kissinger, who he opines would answer that question about the new world order by saying... What do you mean, no new world order? We have not had a world order yet. And then Pippa chimes in with her comments, including, not seen there in that clip that we played, but also she talks about... We're already in World War III. We are already in conflict that extends so far beyond Ukraine, actually, Mm -hmm. even within the context of Western Europe. But we've clearly been pretty much at war in space. Uh, below the surface of the oceans, submarine warfare between superpowers. Uh, I wouldn't even say that this has been happening for at least four years, and it's spilled over into public view on the ground. Uh, But we don't frame it that way. But most importantly, they talk about the new decentralized multipolar world order. Hello, fellow freedom lovers. We also like this decentralization you guys are talking about. Let's have a multipolar world order. Yay. And then Pippa goes on uh, with that statement. But also she prefaces that statement by saying what underpins a world order is always the financial system. Ding, 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 ding. That is truth. There, there is truth right there, and I've been saying it a lot. I will continue to say it. What is happening in Ukraine right now, fundamentally, at base, is not a geopolitical event. It is a monetary event, a changeover in the monetary paradigm of the world. And people like, as you say, Pippa Malmgren here, gets saying the quiet part out loud. This is it. This is what it's about. It's the changeover to the central bank digital currency paradigm. And as she points out, the Chinese are pioneering it, and they're the first ones to roll out with the digital yuan, and they're they're spearheading this thrust into the digital uh, div- uh, the digital divide between pre digital humanity and transhumanity. So, you know, yay, China and the multipolar world order showing us the way into the twenty first century, right? And of course, this is all premised on the lie. Again, it comes a, a point that comes up over and over in this discussion, this panel discussion. It's all about, you know, how we set the rules around this and who gets to be in charge of the system. Yes, this could be this could be used for bad purposes, this kind of digital ID surveillance tracking control of everything that everyone does, but as long as it's in the right hands, it'll be okay. And you will notice that the purve- the the pimps of the New World Order will always frame it this way. Don't worry, guys. Yeah, the digital ID surveillance tracking digital currency paradigm, all of this that's being spearheaded by the Chinese and, and adopted by... U.S. and Russia and Iran and literally everyone else. Uh, it, it, don't worry, as long as it's in the right hands, it'll be okay. That is the lie they're trying to sell you on at the World Government Summit. So keep it in mind, uh, uh, as as usual, I say we, we are better served by knowing our enemy and what they are talking about, and sometimes they say it right in the open. In fact, they often do. It is the open conspiracy. Here it is. So 
Although it is not, uh, obviously they're framing it in their own particular way, they are speaking some truth here. It's always, we're talking about how things are prefaced and couched. There's also the, and as long as you've done nothing wrong, why would you worry about this new biomedical financial terror security state? You said a monetary event? Man, that sounds exactly like COVID. In other saying the quiet part out loud news, James, President Biden very recently said, quote, there's going to be a new world order out there and we've got to lead it. That's how we get going on New World Next Week, episode 481. And we now get to what is, I guess, James, this is this is one of the, the bigger stories. If you pay attention to mainstream news, I basically had to do all my research about this because I don't pay attention to mainstream news. So I hadn't heard about the the massacres and the questions abound about the Bucha massacre. We grab this from Consortium News. And again, everything we say always included down in the show notes within hours of news Sunday that there had been a massacre at Bucha, a town 63 kilometers north of the Ukrainian capital. The verdict was in. Russian troops had senselessly slaughtered hundreds of innocent civilians as they withdrew from the town, leaving bodies littering the streets. Unlike their judicial systems, when it comes to war, Western nations dispense with the need for investigations and evidence and pronounce guilt based on political motives. Russia is guilty, case closed. Except the case hadn't even really been opened yet and the sentence was already being proposed. Macron, for instance, from the Financial Times, has called for Russian coal and oil to be banned from Europe, among other things. Other voices are now perilously calling for the U.S. to go to war with Russia over the incident. James Sidebar, I saw Noam Chomsky on the trending sidebar today. I, I couldn't even bring myself to click on it, but he said we're at the most perilous point in human history ever. I, I'm sure it's because we're not cheering on war enough. This is genocide, Ukrainian comedian, actor, President Voldemort Zelensky told Face of the Nation on CBS, fresh off his appearance on the Grammys. Mothers of Russia should see this. See what bastards you've raised. Murderers, looters, butchers, he added on Telegram. Russia categorically denied it had anything to do with the massacre. If there were to be a serious probe, one of the first places an investigator would begin to map out is, of course, the timeline of events. Wednesday, March 30th, all Russian forces left Bucha, according to the Russian Defense Ministry. This was confirmed on Thursday by smiling Anatoly Fedoruk, the mayor of Bucha. He went on Fedbook to, of course, cheer and be super excited. The translation accompanying the video says, quote, March 31st, the day of liberation for Bucha. This was announced by Bucha Mayor Anatoly Fedoruk. This day will go down in the glorious history of Bucha and the entire Bucha community as a day of liberation by the armed forces of Ukraine from the Russian occupiers. All the Russian troops are gone, but there's no mention of a massacre. The beaming Federick says it's a glorious day, which would be weird if he was surrounded by corpses. Russian Defense Ministry denied accusations by the Kiev regime, noting that evidence of these crimes appeared on the fourth day after the Security Service of Ukraine and the representatives of Ukrainian media arrived in the town. All Russian units completely withdrew from Bucha on March 30th, and not a single local resident was injured during the time when Bucha was under the control of Russian troops. The venerable New York Times was in Bucha on Saturday, 
they didn't report about a massacre. James, question one, are, we're already in like incubator babies territory. And question two, is there even footage, deep fake or otherwise, of piles of bodies, of massacres, or does this basically look like the, the wreckage at Shanksville on 9-11? Uh, good questions. Yes, this incubator babies, babies on bayonets, there's a long pedigree now of this type of uh, war propaganda. So we have to keep that history in mind when we are asked as a public to be shocked and offended by these images from a battlefield halfway around the world that we'll never see with our own two eyes. Don't worry. When have we ever lied to you? Well, how about here and 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 a few thousand more examples? Would that be enough? So that's something important to keep in mind. But I want to frame this in the context of my recent article on Your Guide to Fifth Generation Warfare, where I was laying out the new type of warfare that, or even if it's not completely new, at any rate, the the type of warfare that we are involved in right now and what it looks like and who the real combatants are. I will direct people to that editorial for more on that. But of course, one of the key forms that the fifth generation warfare takes is the information war. And this is a great example of how the information war plays out. Because again, we do not have access to what happened in Bucha. I do not know what happened there. And unless you were there, you don't know either, any of you out there listening to this. So what do we do? We have to just take this piecemeal bits of information that were fed from obviously biased sources that, uh, how are we how are we supposed to sort it out for ourselves? And is it our place to do so? Um, at any rate, should we be calling for World War III over this alleged atrocity that we cannot understand or prove for ourselves? Um, but if you want more info on it, boy, have I got more info for you. So you could go to something like Donbass Insider, which I think clearly is coming from one of the sides of this conflict. But at any rate, they have an extensive post, Ukraine, the massacre of Bucha, a Ukrainian Timisoara. And they go through the all of this social media deep dive and the different posts and the videos and the photos and etc. So it's a lengthy post, but they raise the specter of Timisoara, which, if you don't remember, I'll throw in the flashback, misinformation from the archives, Timisoara's mass graves, that, spoiler, turned out not to be mass graves from Romania back in uh, the fall of Ceausescu in 89. Anyway, moving along, of course, the other side of this information war will will counter. So that you get from the BBC, Bucha killings, satellite image of bodies site contradicts Russian claims. And they're showing the, uh, the satellite images... Here's the image, and it shows you the the street and the layout of the different bodies on the street, and it, they compare it to the video that was taken that they showed of the driving through the bodies, and they're in the exact same position with the van. And this satellite image was taken on March 19th. So it was way before, and Russia says they, they did this after they pulled out in, in the end of March, but this was March 19th. But... Okay, all right. So there's a lot to go through with regard to that. One of the points um, you might want to go to is in-this-together.com, the site of Ian Davis, uh, who has Ukraine War, What Is It Good For? Propaganda, part four of his ongoing series about the Ukraine War, where it's a huge article with lots of information. But one point he makes is that that satellite imagery that's now being presented as the definitive proof this happened on March 19th. It's literally just a picture, and they're telling you it was taken on March 19th, so take that for what it's worth. But he says, the article implies that neither human nor animal activity had disturbed the location of a single body for the best part of a month. 
It also required readers to believe that U.S. officials and military personnel knowingly ignored an alleged Russian massacre without saying a word, not just for four days, but for weeks. Yeah, they knew that it was there for weeks and weeks, and then they just finally decided to announce it, right? Um, but the other part of that story that, again, is part of this information war that we need to fill in here, this satellite imagery, where does it come from? It comes from a company called Maxar. And who are Maxar? And what what is their role in all of this? Well, you can turn to uh, newrepublic.com for this recent report. Are these satellite images war propaganda? which explains how Maxar Technologies, an American satellite company and key contractor for the Defense Department, became the media's favorite photographer of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And it goes into a deep dive about Maxar, where they come from, how they operate, and how the Defense Department can literally sponsor their activities that are then fed out to the news media. No, no agenda bias going on there, guys, right? Um, But it gets even more ridiculous when you get to stories like even Rothschild Reuters reporting Pentagon can't independently confirm atrocities in Ukraine's Bucha, official says. So even the Pentagon is not actually pushing this. I mean, yeah, something happened. We can't prove what happened. Okay, great. Oh, so now let's get to World War III over this, right? Um, And it gets even stupider. Uh, For example, even... The Morning Star reporting Russia blames Britain for blocking UN meeting to discuss alleged war crimes in Ukraine, noting that the UK was blocking the UN Security Council from even uh, attempting to look into this. But latest news that we have, keeping in mind that we're recording 24 hours before anyone hears this, so this will undoubtedly have moved on by this point. But the latest news I have, the UN is now calling for an independent investigation on Bucha. Take that for what it's worth. But perhaps the most incredible part of this is that, again, open conspiracy. It is out in the open what is happening. Uh, This in from antiwar.com. The U.S. has no evidence Russia was preparing a chemical attack despite claims, which notes a recent NBC News article. NBC News article that uh, has three U.S. officials on record admitting that there is no evidence that Russia moved any chemical weapons that was part of this plan that supposedly they were warning about. Oh, they're planning a false flag chemical attack, blah, blah, blah. There was no there was no hard evidence. There was just the implications of certain intel, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And they admit that this is a uh, an, an ongoing information campaign that the U.S. government is using um, to against Russia, but also against the U.S. public, really. Uh, This comes from the NBC NBC News article. In a break with the past, U.S. is using intel to fight an info war with Russia, even when the intel isn't rock solid. (laughs) So they're admitting, yeah, we're just kind of throwing stuff out there, seeing what sticks to the wall, what people will believe. And they're admitting it now. They're out in the open. This is information warfare, and we're throwing out lies, or at least stuff that we haven't quite vetted yet. It's not rock solid, guys. Um, it's it's not even hidden anymore. It is out there. This stuff is getting crazier and crazier. Anyway, that's how we have to situate a story like this. And long story short, again, I do not know what happened in Bucha, but I do know I am not going to be driven into a, hey, we need World War III over this horrible war crime that we absolutely positively know 100% exactly what happened, pretty much, or something. Don't ask for any details. That is is the way that madness lies. Unfortunately, that is the way wars are always, always waged on the back of war atrocity propaganda. And James, it's, I, you know, it's a success, I think, of us crazy 9-11 truthers at this for 20 years. 
the prostitutes are saying things like, are we in Alex Jones territory? Crisis actors, false flags, Comcast, NBC News using the term Infowar. I, I think in, in a lot of ways, this is a success. Small, small battles, I guess. Kubrickian levels of TV fakery, James. But we should note, because of course we'll always get accused of this, we are not in the business of defending Russia or Trump. But James, I know for me, it's just the overreaction to them is just so far out of whack that it is always worth poking some holes in. We will include links to archived versions of those Financial Times and New York Times articles that we referenced earlier. And really, I mean, every new rule, every new sanction, every new move they make on the grand chessboard is really just another brick in the new world order wall. U.S. national emergency extended due to elevated malicious cyber activity. We grab this from bleepingcomputer.com. U.S. President Joe Biden extended national emergency declared to deal with increasingly prevalent and severe malicious cyber threats to the United States national security, foreign policy, and economy. It's a, it's a monetary move. The national emergency was originally declared on April Fool's Day 2015 by former President Barack Obama through Executive Order 13694, which also sanctioned the individuals contributing or coordinating cyber attacks against the U.S. In the context of Executive Order 13694, such cyber-enabled malicious activity includes critical infrastructure breaches, denial of service attacks, and data theft incidents that pose a significant threat to U.S. national security, foreign policy, economic health, or financial stability, if we haven't mentioned the economic health. Significant malicious cyber-enabled activities originated from or directed by persons located in whole or in substantial part outside the United States continue to pose an unusual and extraordinary threat to the national security, foreign policy, and economy of the United States, President Biden said all on his own. He, he wrote it and came up with it all, all by himself. Therefore, I have determined that it is necessary to continue the national emergency declared in Executive Order 13694 with respect to significant malicious cyber-enabled activities. Biden's notice Oh, it's just a notice. It's not a rule by decree. Extended the national emergency to continue in effect beyond April Fool's Day 2022 under Section 202D of the National Emergencies Act, United States Code 50, Section 1622, sub point D. And that's just one of a million reasons why nobody wants to talk to him. I mean, James Obama was such a cooler serial killer. Paul Poser Brandon's, he's just rebooting all of Barry's best moves. So very much of that. I, again, we, we joke not to cry. So very much of this still based on the blank check of 9-11. Do you ever recall here in terms like critical infrastructure, let alone homeland before 9-11? Because I sure as heck don't. National Emergencies Act of 1976 signed into law by the aforementioned Warren Commission member Gerald Ford. James, you know, it ties in with all the stuff crazy people talk about, like Rex 84 and continuity of government, martial law, takeover drills, Operation Garden Plot, clergy response teams. It's all been codified. It's all been drilled and wargamed and practiced, you know, in case you want to get mad and riot over gas prices and bread lines. James, what's also interesting to me is just how many states of emergency were under here in the land of the free. And again, these are the ones we know about. 
list of national emergencies in the United States. So click the end date sort button a couple times and you'll have all 41 current emergencies sorted to the top, already five from Brandon and still one from Iran, from our CIA to Carter, Jimmy Carter National Emergency. We are still under here in the States. Oh, hey, there's one from Obama about uh, Ukraine in 2014. Now, that's that's probably not important. Again, it's rule by decree, rule by executive order, rule by emergency, including this latest and greatest blocking the property of certain persons engaging in significant malicious cyber enabled activities. It's kind of like, you know, civil asset forfeiture. They can accuse you of a crime and you lose everything. And much like that Russian war crimes evidence we were just talking about, good luck if they say you're guilty of virtual flag terror, James. Exactly right. Yes, this is the uh, the ultimate paradigm because it is a false flag on command. Whenever they say something happened, what can you do? It happened, I guess. They said it. Um, yes. Uh, so this swirls around a couple of topics that we've covered a lot in the past and a lot recently for a good reason, because these are extremely important uh, facets of the world we find ourselves in. One, of course, goes back to what I was covering on episode 411 of my podcast, States of Emergency. Um, the other swirling around this cybersecurity topic, and people will remember, New World Next Year 2022, my prediction for the year, t- swirling around some sort of cyber 9-11 type event. It's coming. So are we ready for it? Um, that's the question. So uh, as I say, we've talked about it a lot, so I will refrain from noting uh, here, as I usually do, that Harvard Law Professor uh, Stephen Lessig back, or, sorry, Lawrence Lessig, back in 2008 at the Half Moon Bay um, Futures Brainstorm Tech Conference said... So I had dinner once, and Richard Clark was at the, at, this ta- at the table, and I said to him, is there an equivalent? Is there a Patriot Act, an iPatriot Act, just sitting waiting for some substantial event for them to come in and have an excuse for radically changing, uh, radically changing the way the internet works? And he said, of course there is. And I, I, I swear, this is what he said, and quote, Vint Cerf is not going to like it very much. Oops, I just said it again. Oh, well, okay, there it is for the eight millionth time. Wait for them eight millionth and first time. Um, but while we're doing a little, some sort of updates and the latest on um, the stories that we've covered in the past, I, I won't let this one slip under the radar. Back in December of 2018, you will no doubt remember we were covering the story of Chinese baby gene editing scientist goes missing and talking about the CRISPR-edited babies that were announced really in an unorthodox fashion by a Chinese scientist back there in 2018. Well, the latest on that from MIT Technology Review, the creator of the CRISPR babies has been released from a Chinese prison, Um, although details about where he is, what he's doing, and what his future are like are sketchy at best. But at any rate, he has apparently supposedly been released from prison, I guess, to continue wreaking havoc on the genome of humanity. Yay. All right. So that's uh, that's a New World Next Week update for you. Huh. Well, and I mean, James, I had this morning on the morning show. Oh, they're going to work on CRISPR cats to get rid of the, you know, the just the weird germs and stuff that some people are allergic to. Paying no attention to, of course, all the unintended cancerous mutations that are coming from CRISPR. What could possibly go right? That is New World Next Week, episode 481, serving it up for you since October 2009. NewWorldNextWeek.com has Corbett Report DVDs and shirts from both of us, plus my Danny Casolaro octopus radio play. We also still have the post office box for analog support. 
And I got my radio stream Monday through Friday, nine to five at Mountain Time. It has been super great to hear just in one week from all the independent protest music artists out there after my call to action just last week. I've got the contact form at the bottom of every page on MediaMonarchy.com so folks can keep sending their truth music. And we play one at the end of every morning show since January 2021. That's literally hundreds of truth songs. I mean, so much so, I pretty much want to start releasing them as compilations. James, you also said about 24 hours. That's about 16 hours before people hear the exclusive audio of this very show on my stream after Thursday's Morning Monarchy before it is published anywhere else. Media Monarchy Radio, James, I, I should note, is spicy and raw and for adults only. Hey, that should maybe drum up some interest. James, where are you going next week? Ah, yeah, good question. All right. So first of all, yes, thank you for pointing that out. So um, uh, Media Monarchy subscribers can get the first exclusive listen to New World Next Week every week. I hope uh, your subscribers are taking advantage of that and people who aren't should think about it. Um, having said that, yes, deprogramming note, uh, I want to put this right at the very, very end of New World Next Week, where 99% of people so will probably not hear it. But anyway, <laughs> very important update. Yes, next week, I am going to be, me and Brock are taking a week off, baby. Yay, woo! Well, nah, actually, asterisk, Brock can take a week off. I I'm going to be working feverishly behind the scenes on all of the bajillion long-term projects that I have that I've done no work on uh, up to this point, and we're already in April of 2022, I, I need to get working on other stuff. So I'm going to be taking a week for other work, and hopefully Brock will take a week off to recharge the batteries. But that means no videos, not even a subscriber newsletter this weekend, and no New World Next Week next week. Okay. Well, and also you're obviously doing work behind there in your, your office studio as well. So no end of work. And as we've said for the 15, 16 years, we've each been doing this. Many hands make light work, James. There it is. Episode 481. Awesome. All right. Looking forward to doing it again in two weeks. Talk to you then. All right. Cheers, buddy. Take care.